La 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 a little bit of Lexus. What's your favorite body part? Of my own or other people's? Of your own. Of my own. I got a good ass, not gonna lie. What about you? Yeah. Am I allowed to ask you that? What was your favorite body part? Yeah. Mm. My big fat cock. <laughs> <laughs> my big long juicy uncut dick. Um, I'm seeking that all over body. For me, I don't know why, but I say hands. You have got good hands. Yeah. yeah. Long, these long piano fingers. <laughs> I wish I had more like, mm, yeah, you've got good hands. Hiya, love. Welcome back to Why Aren't Thou? Episode 8. And I am fucking excited to finally be back. And let me introduce who I'm blessed with today. The baddest of the bad. My good friend, Yasmin. Hello, everybody. Hey, hey. welcome, 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 welcome. Hey, <laughs> lovely so, to be here. About time, I honestly. Know. Like, Literally. seven episodes without me, what are you doing? What is going on? What a sham. Because I've actually have been saying to you as well, like, I've actually wanted to come on the podcast. But I feel like I've been waiting for the timing and also the topics to be right. And the stars have aligned. And here we are. So, exactly. Absolutely sick. So I actually, I've actually not only known you for less than a year, is it? Honestly, like not that long, but honestly, it feels like feels Eternity. like forever. Honestly, our souls <laughs> are connected. We're northern as well, so I feel like there's a special bond when you meet someone from the north in London. Exactly. Honestly. Anything for you? <laughs> on my knees. Get on your knees. Grab my dick and squeeze. Uh, straight in there. Straight in there. Wasting no time. Anyway, you want to introduce a bit about yourself? Tell the listeners who you are, what yeah, you stand for, so, how big your tits are. Yeah, right. Well, I'm not actually sure I haven't measured them in so long. But my name's Jasmine. I'm an artist, as Simeon loves to know. Um, <laughs> I should probably tell you 17 times throughout this episode. Well, you know what? <laughs> Some of us spend £50,000 on an education and get fuck all. So we got we got to plug that. You've got to get those plugs where you can. plug that, haven't we? Yeah. I'm an artist. I'm originally from Yorkshire. Sorry, but... what? You're an artist. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, Simon. Do you have a podcast at all? Are you are you someone that makes podcasts? Have you ever been to LA? <laughs> have you been to LA? Do you like Dick? You see the Kardashians in Nobu. Really? Did you yeah. Actually? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, did you actually not? <laughs> you haven't put that. To Sorry, me. I haven't put that. Sorry. Sorry. Which Sorry. ones did you see? All of them, but uh, Kim and Chris. Oh, Chris. No. But Chloe and Chris, it was Caitlyn's birthday oh last God, year. Incredible. It was all there. So Chloe wasn't there and Chris wasn't there. Anyway, back to you. Back. So I'm originally from Yorkshire, moved down to London a few years ago to do an art degree. Don't know how that went, but you know, as it is, I'm non-binary. I'm gay as fuck. I have big dyke, big dick energy. And if anyone's single, hit me up. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> She's not. And that's okay. You can use this platform for sexual advancement. I'm very okay with that. I support that. <laughs> your exhibition hello in yes. manchester yeah, which is currently on it let's is. speak about that okay well i was very very lucky to have been chosen to be part of a exhibition called queer contemporaries which is a little play on the very shoddily run new contemporaries and this one really embraces and uplifts queer artists so i'm so so lucky to have been chosen and that's on at the moment at air gallery in altrincham it's on from the 27th of august till the 17th of september yeah and yeah manchester manchester yeah and yeah if you want to go there's so many great artists in the show it's run by queer people and yeah no it's amazing so yeah it does look amazing i've seen a few little sneak peeks of your work so if you're in manny check it out it's sick check it out. we're gonna be there 
Yeah, we'll be there. If yeah. you want to hang with me and Simeon. I'll be there on the 4th of September. Yeah, I'll be there so too. So give us a shout if you want to join. Yeah. Which is the day after this is going to be released. Yeah. So come by. Yeah, come by. Pick hang up you us. as well. Making Let's movements. Let's get some drinks. Yeah. Absolute bad girl. So I'm actually gassed so I can actually hear my theme tune again. All you guys, here we go. So one, two, three... It's Virgo season, which I am gassed about. I love it. I'm on a top form. My birthday, a week today, 10th of September. I'm so excited for you to be 55. <laughs> Girl, I'm actually fucking 12. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm 12. Barely legal. <laughs> and today's episode of Barely Legal Teen <laughs> sucks big fat dick. Simeon <laughs> explores finding his first pubic area. <laughs> pubic area. Do you know what? Do you know when I, so the, when I was actually like... This sounds might sound a bit gross, but when I was twelve mm. and I actually still used to share a bath with my sister, mm. which actually makes me feel a bit cringe. I remember when I found my first pube on my balls mm. and I was like, Look, I've got a pube on my ball. My sister's like she's like about fourteen. She's like, Eh, don't show me, I don't want to see that. <laughs> you know, back in the day when we had to share baths to save water in the yeah. council estate. No, I do. Me and my twin sister, we used to just <laughs> share baths. I don't know how old we were when we stopped and I don't want to think about it. And we're both gay, so we never love did that for us. Let's be honest, you never did. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> this is not an incest podcast. It's sounding like one now. <laughs> Sorry, Swen, if you're listening. Honestly, like. <sighs> yeah. You know who else is a Virgo? Beyonce. Yeah. Zendaya, Idris Elba, Jada Pickett Smith. Virgos keep the world together, trust me. Literally. Shout out to all my Virgo bitches. Shout out to Amy as well. Literally. It's her birthday on the 11th. Big up girl them. Nicole Richie. Where would yeah. the world be without Nicole Richie? But anyway. <clears throat> so, during lockdown, there's been a lot of people that have been affected. So one group of people that I feel like we should discuss, obviously, is like sex workers. And they say sex work is always profession, but it's actually uh, midwifery or medicine basically sex workers have been around since like medicine was invented um it just wasn't considered sex work because at the time there wasn't actually like money mm. so if you actually think about it, like sex the actual sex itself was actually the currency yeah which if you think about it nowadays people are actually having sex for food especially like uh, migrants that come over mm. and they're obviously in really really bad situations which we can actually speak about a little bit later in the podcast so in the year 1000 160 right is where the, the coin was discovered on the river thames mm. and basically it was a coin that showed a picture of a man and a woman engaging in a sexual act and they're saying that was like the first sign of sex workers happening some people have suggested that the coin was a brothel token that could even be taken to a brothel in exchange for sex which is mad to think about it like that and the first recorded sex work around the world was actually in babylonia but ba- ba- Babylon. <laughs> was she going to say? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Gaga. Honestly. <laughs> um, so the first recorded sex work was in Babylon. And basically it was used as a religious ritual. So that the women would have sex with the men mm. in order to make them like pure. It's like when you get baptized. Yeah. And then you're coming into the religion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're being accepted. Yeah. I read this article one time and a guy said, I wanted to feel like what it was like to be reborn. Yeah. So he was a grown man and he covered himself in baby oil and climbed himself 
inside the washing machine <laughs> and then crawled out. And that's just Simeon on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> on cat, just like, I want to uh, be born. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. And then obviously it's evolved in terms of you had sex parties that would happen in and even like back in the day sex parties were seen as a hierarchy thing if you was involved in a sex party and you went to a sex party you was like top of the hierarchy which i would argue in relation to current day like there are some very hot kind of kinky fetish parties that go on yeah and you have actually got to kind of look a certain way you've got to apply and you've got to be accepted so there is still this hierarchy kind of thing with like high class kind of sex parties mm-hmm. which i would love to go to one day which oh baby <laughs> what are you doing next week <laughs> i can take it off don't worry about me darling don't worry about me i'm free for the d anytime Actually not, so just take that back, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably get kicked in the head for that one. Uh, so to date, there are currently around 100,000 known sex workers that work in the UK. So at what age did you first do any type of sex work? Ooh, interesting one. Um, well, the first time, that is that is actually quite intriguing because I wasn't aware that I was doing sex work. So I was at the club, I was 17, and I always used to go out and pretend I wasn't 17. And so I met this guy... And he was like, come back to mine, come back to mine. I think he was like 40 odd, not going to lie. I went back to his house and we had sex and like it was consensual. But then just as I was about to leave, he handed me a wad of cash and was like, thank you. So I, I honestly did not know. <laughs> and you was like, I just did that for free. Yeah, no. Well, I was going to do it for free. Yeah, no, I, I was going to do it for free. But then actual legitimately, I think probably not far off that. Yeah, 17. Yeah. Firstly, I feel like we actually need to go under the jurisdiction of what a sex worker is yeah. in a way. So the definition of a sex worker is men, women and transgender people who receive money or goods in exchange for sexual services. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And, you know, sexual services, what does that define? In my opinion. My definition. Yeah. Because I feel like personally and also through people that I know now, and we're going to talk a little bit on the OnlyFans movement. A lot of people I know class themselves as sex workers when they do OnlyFans. And arguably you're not having sex. physical sex. So I think the, the term well, sex work. Pause. Because I can have sex with you and then put it on my OnlyFans page. That is what I class well, yeah, as a sex worker. But if you're just doing a solo video, I do not class that as a sex worker. I class that as an erotic performer. So maybe by the end of this, I could have changed my opinion. Okay. I, I agree and I don't agree. I think doing that is like fair. And it does sound like, you know, bougie. I feel I'm an erotic performer. <laughs> but I think if you're looking at like, especially during coronavirus and there are a lot of support funds around, if you're basing your sole income on, you know, yourself on OnlyFans or you're doing like not so much physical intercourse, but a lot of people meet up with people for money. You're not particularly having intercourse, but you're kind of providing them with a service that's intimate. To get and access that support, I think a lot of people have branded themselves as sex workers, which may be problematic to people that are having physical intercourse with people for money. But I think it's important for people to have like a support network. So I think a lot of people now are calling themselves sex workers if they're doing anything that regards themselves as being intimate, nudity, kind of anything like that. Yeah. I think anyone that, like, I feel like it's the same with queer. I think if you, if you want to, branch or like call yourself a sex worker and you're doing something like that then like of course do it you know what i mean i mean i'm just like if you want to call yourself a sex worker you can call yourself a sex worker it's not it's not for me to decide yeah. what you want to call your profession exactly you know 
Yeah. It's just for me just to respect whatever profession that you have. Yeah. She's actually right. So people that do OnlyFans, they are sex yeah. workers. Yeah. So yeah. I agree. Look at me learning things within hey. 10 minutes. Shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have been thinking about it as well. I'm just thinking, is it because people think you're a sex worker if you're actually having sex? Mm-hmm. In the past, that was because people would say they were escorts because they were ashamed to be sex workers. But I feel like we live in a time where people are feeling more safe with talking about being sex workers and feeling more able to. And I think something like being a dominatrix, for example, I have a few friends that are dominatrixes. They're not having physical intercourse, but they are providing a sexual service, a physical sexual service, a very hot physical sexual (laughs) service. But do you know what I mean? And they would say they were sex workers because... They are, arguably. And they and also they have the same kind of safety needs. For example, you're having a stranger come into your private space mm-hmm. and they're there. Like and a lot of time they're nude. And like, you know, it is that kind of because I think there is an aspect of safety in regards to sex work that, you know, it's it's kind of scary. I feel like that's where there is more of a push needed as well because the laws that they have in the UK is kind of blurred in terms mm. of like sex workers and especially like brothels, because it's legal to sell yourself for sex but you're not allowed to do it in a public place Mm. which means then you're left with either inviting these strangers into your own home going to these strangers houses which is also another dangerous situation so obviously the government does need to change laws where it is legal to have brothels as well yeah I agree. because these brothels are safe spaces for to work to basically work everybody should be provided with a safe non-discriminative workplace yeah point blank and i think the thing is like the need for sex workers is never not going to be there as you said before it's been there for longer Mm -hmm. than we've been here it's been there for generations it's a service that people want and people will pay for so i think you know brothels still exist there are spaces where people go to have sex and the problem is with it not being legal is usually these sex workers are actually treated terribly in regards to finances there will be someone there that are taking a majority of their money because it's all illegal and it's like if these were like legal spaces with some sort of you know structure these yeah. sex workers would be paid fairly and because now it's this it's this juggling of safety where mm-hmm. you can keep all your money if you literally risk your life but if you want to feel like you do it in a safe space a different space that's not the customer's house or your house then you're Money's paying yeah it is yeah. And then this is obviously where the lines of the government isn't respecting sex workers, yeah, point not. blank. And I bet you now they're probably using them. So it's oh like, my god, teachers, policemen, everybody, politicians, man, like, yeah. everybody is yeah. using sex workers. Yeah, and I think as well with the uprise of OnlyFans, like I've got an OnlyFans subscription. I'm sure a lot of people have. So it's like you know, Wait, I'm like. You have your own account, or you subscribe? I subscribe. Amazing. Support because local sex workers. This is what I mean, and it's like. Well, I'd much rather, I think, like, I will go into it more in a bit if you'd mm-hmm. like, but I honestly think it is, for me, the most ethical consumption of pornography because this person is providing a service and I'm paying for it. Yeah. What kind of porn do you watch, category-wise? I know it's amateur. Yeah. If you I, to, if I porn love... Pornhub was up right now. Yeah. What would you search? Um, loud moaning male. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? I'm shocked. I was like, what? Okay. So this is it. This is it. <laughs> You're just like, what? Oh my god, so man. I love a good moan, though. I love no, a moaning man. The thing man, is, but... whenever I have sex with cis men, which hasn't been for a while, not gonna lie, 
it annoys me when they're not loud and I think I'm very interested in masculinity and I'm very attracted to um the intersection of masculinity and femininity so if that be feminine cis men masculine cis women or the in-between transness in general I'm attracted to people breaking Mm -hmm. down gender boundaries there's something about the moaning and the enjoyment of a very muscular masculine man that just fucks me right up I love it like the actual, like just general, like natural moan of yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> Hearing a man kind of let themselves go and be vocal because I feel like yeah. a lot of men in sex are not. I love gay male porn as well. Um, it is just that uh, <laughs> straight in there, straight in there. Wasting no time. Anyway, you know this is a massive thing that people don't realize when people create OnlyFans accounts. Hello. Hiya, sweetie. Hiya, love. Oh, you sound happier today. I'm on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but listen <laughs> I'm going to have to go because I'm just recording I'll call you later, you later. Bye. bye love you bye was that your mum? yeah that's where the I love comes from because this is originally what she says all the time I love I love <laughs> so um, when people create an OnlyFans account yeah. that is their OnlyFans account that is mm. their material that they're putting out there yeah. for people to purchase and if you purchase it you only have the right to witness it between yourself of course Right. Which is the same as if someone sends you nudes. It's Which your is. eyes only. Exactly. Yeah. So to put other people's material out on the internet, send it around or retweet it on any social media platform is fucking disgraceful. It's and horrible. it's out of order. Yeah, because you're literally taking money away from somebody. Yeah. And I think there is like this whole trend at the moment of like cis men in particular, cis straight <laughs> men, kind of being really angry at the OnlyFans movement and essentially a lot of the time they're angry at like women in general selling their nudes because they're so used to receiving seeing friends and they're like how dare you profit off something that we used to do behind your back like how dare you and it's like fuck off (laughs) cis men feeling like they own everything they have ownership over somebody's body yeah they have ownership over the rights of (sighs) and also like (sighs) like and yeah just on so many levels just no 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 I believe there's two different types of sex workers. There's yeah. those who voluntarily do it. Um, yeah, of course. And then there's those who have no other option but to yeah. do it. And that's what we're seeing at the moment as well. Um, because OnlyFans does glamorise sex workers. Yeah. Especially because of the pandemic that we're going through and the financial crisis. Mm. Thinking about all the sex workers that used to work on the streets or the sex workers that yeah. used to desk and sex workers that used to... Even like sugar babies, for example, if you want to class yeah. that as a type of sex work... They are no longer able to see their clients. Yeah. They're no longer able to receive like, the money that they did to be able to provide it with the safe spaces. There's a massive issue. And the thing is, because sex work isn't actually considered a profession by the government, they're not entitled to any sort of benefits. support. And I think when lockdown happened, my first initial reaction, because I have a lot of friends that are self-employed artists, you know, and I, I worried for them because it was a while before the government set up a scheme for self-employed mm-hmm. people. But then when they did, I was like, hold on a fucking second. What about sex workers? Because yeah. not only are they losing a lot of their income, obviously, if they actually wanted income for a lot of them that weren't doing it online, because I feel like this OnlyFans movement, being like 23, I think the I'm in between of a lot of my friends are older and they're more into like physical, you know, when I'm talking about my sex worker friends, they're physically meeting up with people. Mm-hmm. And then there is this generation of maybe younger people now that are using OnlyFans and it's like more of this like digitalized space, which is 
is something that people are maybe doing more because of lockdown because you know oh, yeah but there is a whole group of people that I'm thinking of personally that I'm like, shit, are you risking your life now? Because that's probably what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like the most risk you can put yourself at, especially when it comes to a virus. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, there's no support. There's nothing given by the government. There's no guidelines. There's and there's a load of funds set up. So I do encourage anyone that has spare cash to actually donate to sex workers at the moment. But the government, like there's a fucking responsibility there and they've just ignored it. Completely. You know who has been donating the most money to sex workers? Who? Sex workers themselves. They've been helping out other sex workers. But this is what I found about mutual aid, because, you know, lockdown's been a massive moment of mutual aid. We've had, like, movements for, like, especially, like, black trans lives. There's been a lot of donating going around, but when I see the people sharing the things, when I see everyone supporting each other, same with artists, like, I'm an artist myself, there's, like, Mm -hmm. there's an artist mutual thing going on where you sell 10 pieces of art so that you can buy one piece of art. It's artists supporting artists, it's sex workers supporting sex workers, it's other minority groups supporting other minority groups, and we've got these rich, white, fucking cis-ass men, the ones that would be paying for their sex workers, sat at home, probably just having a wank over Pornhub, over people Mm -hmm. that are probably not fucking consenting for them videos. And, you know, they've probably got a bit more money in the bank account, so they'll treat the wife and kids. But at the end of the day, sir, if you're sat at home and you've been using sex workers and you're listening to this podcast by any chance, you go and you send them, you send them money. Now. And you expect nothing in return. Exactly. <laughs> Not even a thank you. No, nah, honestly, though. Absolute riddles. So we can actually get on to how we can actually give back to sex workers and help them and support and be an ally. Yeah. In a minute, I just actually want to drop this. So a study was conducted with 100 people from different ages, different backgrounds, and they asked them, what do you associate with the word sex worker? Mm-hmm. Right? And these are the top 10 answers. Dirty men. Right. Whore. Sex. Money. Red light. Kink. No respect. Mm. Sells her body. Abused. Mm. And sad. Right? Now, all of those are pretty much negative. They all have like a negative connotation pretty much to attach them. Mm. It's only until now when whore and slut is actually being... Repurposed. Repurposed. Thank you. I was thinking... Reconstituted. Reconstituted and repurposed. And just like queer has been repurposed as well, which is absolutely fucking amazing. Because sex worker has such a stigma attached to it as well, which Mm. is hard to break down people's barriers and perceptions. And I feel like this is what we need to do. We need to be having more conversations about sex workers. We need to have more conversations with sex workers. Of course. Giving them a platform to speak. And we need to just sit and listen. And I feel like we need to normalise it as well. And I think I can talk a bit about my own conversation I had with my mum once about this. But I think if you feel able to have a conversation, even if you're not yourself a sex worker, but if you're able to have a conversation, especially with the older generation, Mm -hmm. because when it comes to repurposing of words, I identify as queer. When I say that around my mum, she freaks out because, you know... She knows I'm gay, obviously, but it's like, well, not well, it's obvious for me. And, um, <laughs> but when I use the word queer to like explain myself, she thinks I'm degrading myself. And I think there is this generational difference. Like we're reclaiming the word fat. We're reclaiming a lot mm-hmm. of words. But the older generation as well, I think it's important to have them conversations. Very important. No, it is very important. And I think yeah. as soon as we have more mass media, the shit that's on everyone's telly, like, especially in the UK, like, you know, this morning and shit like that, if they actually, you know, decide to not get these minority people in, and I include sex workers in the minority, like, people that have some sort of kind of 
thing that society doesn't like about them if we get them in and we talk to them like normal people not like fucking spectacles like they get them in and they're like ah and it's no bring them in and let's talk about this and let's include it in film and let's say but not as the main plot let's have it as like my friend is a sex worker but that isn't the part of the film it's just like it is that is the truth you know but and i think that's exactly how it needs to be addressed Mm. because do you think media plays a role in guiding people's views yeah. towards sex workers. The media is the biggest cult exactly. of, of everywhere. Agreed, right? And it's always like when you see a sex worker in TV or film, it's always like, you know, it's mostly women for starters, yeah. which obviously is a misconception. Obviously yeah. men also do sex work. Transgender people do sex work. Transgender people do sex work probably way more than women do sex work yeah. nowadays as well. Yeah. But they're always portrayed, they, they have mental health issues, they have drug yeah. issues. If you actually meet like a common sex worker, it's just an everyday person like me and you. Yeah. Nobody walks around wearing those tykes, no. cut out dresses with holes in them like a net no. on a regular basis when, when they're not being a sex worker as well. The way that the media and the TV perceive them is not helpful. Yeah, I agree. Because it puts them in such a I tight, narrow box. That is probably where the issue, like... It became like a weird thing to have sex outside of like love and like sex, like sex is a need, you know, I wake up some mornings and I think I just want to have sex with no ties. So I can understand if you have the financial ability to do so so, and you're respectful why you would use a sex worker. And I think when you talked about that list and like that gross men, I think, you know, there, there is this perception as well that people that use sex workers are proper gross. And I think... There, there are some people that maybe are because of certain things, such as being big people in the government, but not actually giving a shit about these people. But mm-hmm. I think there is also, I think people will be surprised at what kind of people also do use sex workers because there are oh. queer people, there are young people, there are so many, there's, there's other sex workers that use other sex workers. Yeah. Because, you know, if we talk about kink, which was another word on that, if you want to explore something with someone that knows what they're doing, if you want to learn something, if you want to just get out of like trauma spaces, that's another thing. Completely. Then this, this is a service. And I think... You know, sex in the UK, sexual education has a massive play on all of this. Like it's all interlinked. And I think the better we educate people sexually, the more we remove these fucking disgusting like plots from pornography that are just like gross. But then this is, do you know what? This goes into another thing because porn is still fitting into stereotypes. Yeah. And this is what's really annoys me. And this is why I don't watch like professional porn. Like for many years now, I've watched amateur porn. Because I was sick of seeing in the porn industry, oh, a black guy's always going to have a big dick. An Asian girl's always going to be submissive. You know, it's, yeah. al- it's always like that scenario. Well, yeah. It falls into stereotypes. And I think that's what's so good about OnlyFans as well, is it breaks down people's perceptions. It's breaking down barriers. It's breaking down body shaming. It's just like, you see yeah. all body types, all races, all sexualities. And this is a massive thing as well that you want to quickly address, is you're seeing... A, a lot more transgender people in OnlyFans. And that's also breaking down the stigma because for trans people, I don't know why it is, but the thing that people love to discuss behind closed doors and Mm -hmm. they're always curious to ask trans people in real life. When trans people go on TV and they ask them, oh, so like, what's going on down there? And And they ask them about the surgery. It's one of the rudest things to ask. Like, you want to ask a straight person that question. So why the fuck would you ask a trans person that question? But seeing more trans people in amateur porn especially and having sex that they are naturally enjoying and seeing their genitals whether they've had operations or not i think it is very very good to see and it's even 
helped I think, me as yeah, well. Yeah, I think it's really, really, really important. And I was going to touch upon this at some point because I think as someone who identifies as trans and non-binary and to learn about myself and like many other things like I'm, I'm a curvy person so I'm already a fucking fetish you know and mm-hmm. I'm sick of being a fetish and every little part of me is a fetish so if I'm looking for a representative of myself on pornography I'm a fetish and yeah. like I think a lot of people are a fetish if you and like I, like that's why I don't like mainstream porn I'm sick of I can't see a type of porn with a trans person without it being highly fetishized why can't i just see two people have sex and one of them yeah. is a trans person but that that is just because that's not the main narrative that is not the narrative and i think that's why i i like only fans i'm sick of like the narratives of classic pornography i'm sick of like the really fucked up by the way this is not okay why do you want to see your dad fuck the stepdaughter that is not all right and we need to stop watching <laughs> shit like so, this exactly that because is not normal this, this is like not to kink shame but no <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like protective layer of paedophilia yeah this is what this is and what, that's how his I own podcast it. but like nah. this is on another topic yeah completely, yeah so let's talk about your personal experiences with a sex industry what is the most amount of money you've ever been paid from one person um for anything that falls under the jurisdiction of sex work Let's say, like, if you sold panties to one guy over a five-month period and he bought them every week, something like that. Oh, like the whole five, what, like the one? Yeah, just like one person is giving you, like, X amount of money. One occasion, I had one guy that would get three pairs of pants a week off of me for about £100 a week. That went on for about a year. So I'm thinking about two grand. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That is sick. It was all right, you know, steady income. Mm Mm-hmm. I can add in my personal experience with the sex industry because yours is obviously a bit more juicy than mine. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's not the juiciest, guys. But, you know, I have my own own opinions. Like, you you have these opinions because, obviously, you have dabbled around and you've you've enjoyed. Of course. You've probably learned a lot. Yeah, definitely. About yourself, about the industry in a whole. Yeah. Like, for me... Mine's just kind of like webcamming where I've done like Cam4 before. I've done like Chatbait. I've done like Skype sessions. I've sold some like underwear online, which I don't know if they really class out as sex work. People have requested videos for a payment. Yeah. I even tried financial domination. <laughs> <laughs> just dabbled in it, honey. Just dabbled yeah. in it. And yeah, but of Out of all those, what I can say is sex work is hard. Yeah, sex it's a fucking full-time bloody job. a lot of fucking effort yeah i agree a lot and i have a lot of respect yeah so do i workers. um so so i i can go a bit into my background yeah, yeah sure for the, for the listeners over here <laughs> so basically i am an artist by trade um i did a lot of video art and kind of i'm not talking about my degree but let's say i studied at goldsmiths for a for a hot second and while I was there, I was making a lot of videos of myself completely nude because I was in a stage of hyper body dysmorphia and awareness. Was this for your course or was this for your own personal? I mean, it was. It's, it's, it's the same thing for me. I never made work for a degree. I just made work. And if I wanted to submit it, I submitted it. I just am an artist. Like, that is just it. Um, <laughs> I was making a lot of work myself naked. The connotations of that I found really, really interesting because of my body shape. 
And at the point, I hadn't quite come out as being non-binary. So I was just hyper-feminized. You know, people see boobs and, you know, phallic objects. And they just assume, I also assume I'm straight and all this shit. So it's kind of like, this is annoying. And I remember I was sat at home one day and I put on the TED Talk of a woman called Erica Lust. And she talks about the porn industry and how important it is for young people, but also just to have ethical porn. And I was really into Gaspar Noé's film. I was really into films that had live sex. I love a bit of red lighting and I love true true emotion and true kind of intimacy and that being really portrayed and I never saw a space for that in the art world so I was like fuck it I'm going to combine the two it's time to go let's make some erotic cinema so at the time I was doing a lot of live performances of me being very sexual in public yeah solo amazing and I'd have you know my friends around me watching me you know get on it naked in basements and houses I had I had a lot of shows going on and then I decided to fully just fucking go for it and make a um erotic style film with a a few friends and I was very inspired by Erica's films because they're they're beautiful and they include people from all walks of life and people that really want to be in them and I think it's just a beautiful way and it also kind of touches on polyamory and sexuality in a different way that I think mainstream porn doesn't like it's not just an orgy like these people are like in love with each other and it's beautiful it is beautiful like you know I said I sat my mum down and I was like mum I'm, I'm moving to Barcelona. I not only want to be in the porn, but for me, actually producing the, the porn as a videographer, as an editor, as someone that really enjoys making film, I thought be, doing both was incredible. So I'd been in touch with Vagalist. I actually knew quite a few people that already worked for her around London. And that was the plan. Not only did my tutor tell me not to do that, um, <laughs> my mum was actually surprisingly very supportive. At mm. first she was like, and this is like a Muslim woman, at first she was like, what are you doing? And, and then I sat her down and I did explain like the ethics of pornography and the fact that, you know, nudity and porn within the art world, it's the same fucking thing. We've got so many artists that have used nudity from, you know, from the the past, past, past. We get all these naked renaissance things and shit like that. It's like, okay. it's about fucking time. We bring it into the modern world. We get video art. We get real sex we get real emotions and we fucking do it so i was ready i was ready for my journey i told all my friends i told my partner at the time i was like bye i'm Um, deuces but i'm gonna be honest with you i was going through a bit of a manic sexual phase and um not only was i trying my luck with many a many a person many a sexual fantasy and making many a pornography film and at this time at this time i will tell you that i was having so much sex that i couldn't even wear tops anymore because my nipples were so sore so it was like i was so whoa so 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 i was being fucked day and night babes so it was like i was in such a really like hyper sexual beautiful i do miss Mm -hmm. that yaz yaz was on it every day um that i do understand where i was at and i wanted to share the love and the the amazing experiences i was having with the world and and i was i was an asset to erica like i knew i was she wanted me and it was more recently actually my old housemate sophie shout out to you that um she was actually making a documentary about sex work and she was actually making it with a person called Rue who is a non-binary person who was working with Erica in one of her films and it actually came out that there has actually been some sort of sexual assault allegations that happened and so when this feminist pornography kind of came out as being non-ethical I realised that there isn't many ethical forms of consumption and this was pre-OnlyFans 
And if anyone wants to actually hit up Rue on Instagram, they have an account called Justice for Sexual Assault. And they're an incredible performer. And, you know, from the get go, Erica did not deal with this very well. And when you look into it, you think, you know, this 40 year old woman who's very empowering, supposedly. I'm not saying she is terrible. I think her putting her foot into this world has created an amazing movement. But she is now taking advantage of people. This video where a sex worker had been assaulted got published on Erica Lust's supposedly beautiful feminist platform. So, Whoa. yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's awful. And this is this is a trans black sex worker. Okay? So it's like, you know, these are the people that there would be no LGBT fucking movement without. Yeah. And this white fucking straight ass woman who's like woohoo i'm a feminist in all fairness i'm not being funny yet but she needs to fucking sort her shit out because (laughs) i'm sick of it i'm sick of these like people and there is a trend nowadays as well of this they pretend they're ethical because there's money in it oh yeah and this is why nowadays i think only for fans is the most ethical consumption it's absolutely fucking crazy. But at the moment, within the last three months, there's been a massive uproar to do with OnlyFans and sex workers because OnlyFans have been deleting sex workers' accounts yeah. with no explanation, with holding funds, yeah. not giving it to the sex workers as well, with no explanation. So at the moment, there's something going on within OnlyFans. And I think it's only going to get worse. But I have also dabbled in a bit of, you know, doming on the internet, pay pigs. Um, Amazing. If you want to explain financial domination, well, how do you explain it? someone who is submissive usually and they want to be dominated in a way that you're like you fucking dirty Worthless little bitch you don't give me a hundred pound i'll never fucking speak to you again yeah like shit like that there's there a are, range though as well where it's yeah. people will actually give their monthly salary yeah. to their findom master and then the master will allocate them money throughout yeah. the month things like that so there's different levels of it anyway yeah, yeah again that was time consuming very time consuming okay we'll just keep it fast paced what is the craziest or kinkiest request that you've ever had from a fan oh my god so many so many um a lot of people have like a lot of shit fetishes but i'm not down i'm not down so i don't i'm sorry not into it i guess when i was selling my pants um this guy wanted me to masturbate in certain situations a lot of them and he knew i was a university student so you know so there were certain spaces public spaces um and then like you know pissing in them and sending them to him okay did you do it yeah of course (laughs) love it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah quickly wrap this up what can we do in order to get involved yeah so it's it can be simple as paying for a subscription yeah from an only fans person i think the number one thing i think that's important is if you use porn if you watch porn which most of us do think about it how you do food nowadays like if you still eat meat i'm hoping that you think or eggs you think about where they're coming from if you can financially and i think it is very good it is is this thing and i think i'm never gonna say don't because i think as well it is a class issue so if you can if you can't afford it and if you want to watch something Pornhub exists and like I'm never going to question that but I think if you have the ability to shop ethically then Mm -hmm. do it Mm -hmm. don't look for these high production things where you know a lot of the people are uncomfortable and you don't know why they're doing the job and it's just not great there are many ethical ways of watching pornography and I think that is the number one thing that we can do and don't reshare don't repost reshare anybody that is material well even just point blank yeah never not even if it's someone you're dating just don't do it (laughs) 
Why well, the fuck would you reshare somebody that you're dating? No, some like, people, no, but there is people like, you know, not going to generalise, but there's people that are like, oh, look at this nude. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I know your face is like, give us a look. <laughs> okay, that was wrong. You shouldn't have done that. So don't do it again. Don't show anybody else. <laughs> No, this is not gonna change. lie. Just no. saying. No, but I think you know. I think we're not really. We don't really talk about it, do we? Yeah. I think it's kind of normalized to share things that maybe we shouldn't yeah. share. Uh, one thing is important. We need to normalize sex workers. Yeah, we do. We need to have conversations. We need to yeah. push out stigmas. And also, if you have a friend that's a sex worker, just ask them if they need any support like that. Checking that they're okay, checking that they're safe, like checking where they're located before they meet somebody. Exactly. If you, if your housemate is doing it and you feel like it'd be safer for them to do it at home, have a discussion about it. You know, it's just, it's about supporting people because I bet you now, look around you, like everyone kind of knows a sex worker. So we need to support them. Of course, completely agreed. So, like, for me, one of the biggest charities is Swarm Charity, which is, like, a collective, yet again, run by sex workers. You can donate funds to them on on, online websites. They have offices in London. You can go down and help out with them as well. They do regular talks. They're all about promoting and educating, which is a really good... So, Swarm Collective, we can find them online, www.swarmcollective.org. Yeah, and there's Rue's account on Insta, which is Justice for sexual assault and you know sharing their story i think and mm-hmm. getting erica lust to actually um hold her account for that is really important exactly can i ask you a question when was the first your first memory of a sex worker whatever ever whether it's real life whether it's on tv media film interesting one Simeon. give me a hot second <laughs> um I think it was that show with Billy, what's her name? Like Billy Piper. But I didn't, she was called like Cool Girl or something, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't really quite get it. And I oh, think, sorry. I was thinking about someone else, but I know who you mean. Is that her name? I don't really know. Yeah, Billy the Piper. The one from Doctor the Who. The one from Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah, my, Cool that Girl, was, I think yeah, it was called. Yeah, that was yeah. my first kind of like experience kind of. But she was like this very high class kind of cool girly situation. Yeah. It was a bit dry i wanted to ask that question though because when i was on the train down from london i was trying to think when when was like my first memory or earliest memory of recognizing and you know what it was it was in gta hey i remember i was in san andreas when i was playing and i'm there was me and my friend and my cousin and i had a go and he was like oh pick her up she's a prostitute she's a prostitute pick her up and watch so you pick her up don't they you go down dark alley you have sex she takes some money from you then she leaves and then he's like just kill her kill her and take the money and I feel like that, actually, to have that as a memory, it just dehumanises them and yeah. treats them like they're a nothing and they're only valuable for having sex. So I feel like that needs yeah. to change as well. The way that they're represented in media and television really needs to change. So, yeah. 100%. 100%. Then lastly, Yay. do you want to give me your best fake orgasm? Ah, <laughs> really? You want to do that? I'm just curious because I feel like everybody okay. has their own like fake orgasm that they did but as a guy mm-hmm. i've never actually fake orgasmed i i walk around work and i'll just be like this oh yeah i know yeah. you know that already <laughs> you want to fuck me in the pussy yeah you like that yeah you should really start doing this maybe i can start youtube do, channel doing oh, asmr yeah, porn asmr I, I orgasms. don't know i don't know i don't know yeah yeah you fucking like that <laughs> why i pop it <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if um, I can provide you with a great fake orgasm just because I've not done it in ages. And I feel five, like- four, three, two, one. Uh, 
There you go. You can have that. <laughs> that's not that's not that good though. I guess it's more like it's like a long term thing. You have to be like uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. So that wraps up this episode of Why Aren't Thou. Please follow us on Instagram for any updates at Why Aren't Thou. Like, follow and rate us on Spotify and Apple Music. And ultimately, please spark the conversation within your family and friends about the topics that we've been speaking about. So I am Simeon Taylor. I'm Yasmin Metcalf. And this is Why Why Aren't Aren't Thou. Thou. Yeah, I remember the name this time. Yes. (laughs) 